Welcome to 10 to Bible Podcast, where each week we discuss one passage from Scripture. I'm Kevin. And I am Nathan. Our goal is to provide a weekly dose of tending our faith and to encourage others to tend their faith as we live into the way of Jesus. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to attend uh, our faith today using 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. We're going to read from the Common English Bible. Again, that can be found on Bible Gateway, um, so BibleGateway.com and Common English Bible. If uh, you do, don't have access to uh, Bible Gateway, just grab your favorite translation and um, follow along today. As we look, there's the three questions, the two that have become familiar. What word, phrase, or image strikes you in this text? Toward what is God calling you in this text? And how are you growing into salvation? And of course, salvation being deliverance from sin. Well, uh, we might have to discuss that a little bit, Nathan. Oh, we're pro- we probably are. I should I should say that. Uh, <laughs> I was trying just to simply define uh, a churchy word here for us, but uh, you're right. Yes, we probably, well, I think I think you we always might... have these deep questions that have meaning as the the scripture and reveals itself to us. So. We may uh, we may get into some of that in one of the earlier questions. So we'll yeah. we'll find out. All right. All <laughs> a right. disclaimer about our demographics. Any discussion that follows comes from the perspective of Nathan and Kevin, who are middle-aged, cishet, white pastors in the Lutheran Christian tradition, born and raised in Western PA. And we hope that your conversation comes from your perspective and goes in different directions. And this is a reading, again, from 1 Peter, the second chapter. Instead, like a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word. Nourished by it, you will grow into salvation, since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now you are coming to him as a living stone, even though this stone was rejected by humans, from God's perspective it is chosen, valuable. You yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. You are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Thus it is written in scripture, Look, I am laying a cornerstone in Zion, chosen, valuable. The person who believes in him will never be shamed. So God honors you who believe. For those who refuse to believe, though, the stone the builders tossed aside has become the capstone. This is a stone that makes people stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Because they refuse to believe in the word, they stumble. Indeed, this is the end to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. You have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. Once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. If you are meeting with a group, as we encourage you to do now and again, if not all the time, uh, you can pause the podcast now and engage the questions on your own. Nathan, what word, phrase, or image strikes you in this text? Uh, I wish I could say only one, but that is not the case today. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so I, uh, my, fa- my first, uh, thoughts were on the pure milk and being nourished, um, by the pure milk of the word. Um, and so again, th- it was, uh, I was surprised by that language. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, uh, but the, it had me thinking of ju- just the image that the, the author here of first Peter intends, which was. Um, a newborn baby drinking pure milk and the idea of being able to grow up, being nourished by uh, all of the good nutrients that needs to be there. And for us thinking about that as God's word in scripture, um, as it is uh, laid out here. And um, yeah, so it had me again play again. We just had that, in, you know, I 
chatted a little bit about that word salvation and it shows up right there in that second verse mm-hmm. um nourished by it you will grow into salvation so you will grow into your deliverance of sinfulness um or whatever that might look like however we might find that word salvation um and and because of that because it's a baby like that's where you know i guess i think of growing up in my deliverance of or the, in my salvation so boy this is tough because your questions got me um trying to avoid answering number three <laughs> in number one i hear like, i thought baby, that's what you were trying to do <laughs> yeah the baby i'm trying to avoid it but it's it's hard because that's where my head went my head was like this little baby's just sitting there drinking milk it, well they're like not doing much um go, and I yet mean, they're growing ahead, up ahead. in salvation um so I, I'm going to leave that first part. And then my second word was capstone down in verse mm-hmm. seven. Um, the, the, the images of the new baby and the milk has me primed and ready for question number three. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but number seven here, has, verse seven talks about the capstone. And I guess I, the reason it caught my attention is because I always think about either Jesus being the cornerstone or, um, you know, the, the another important stone is a keystone, um, but this is the capstone, which is the thing that sits on top of uh, an arch and keeps everything yeah. in place. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, which is different from a cornerstone, right? The cornerstone is at the very bottom. Yeah, it's like one of the first stones that gets laid. It's kind of the foundation that everything else builds off of. And so those are a cornerstone is important because it helps to keep things balanced. And, and I guess I was thinking of a bridge or an arch where both sides have to be equal. And so, you know, it's important to have the similar cornerstones, but here the capstone is the really heavy stone that sits up on top of an arch and kind of holds everything else into its place. So it can't move or shift um, Mm, mm. over time. And so here the, the stone, the builders tossed aside has become the, the capstone, the thing Mm. that holds us all into place. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Jesus is both, oh my gosh. Yeah. uh, Recently, um, well, we, we tackled this in the last episode, I guess a little bit, uh, or no, we didn't know because we talked about a different reading. The gospel, the additional gospel reading for the last episode was the uh, the Good Shepherd from from John, right. Mm-hmm. and uh, right, it's it's when Jesus is mixing metaphors, talking about himself as the Good Shepherd, and then the disciples don't understand it, so then he starts talking about himself as the gate for the sheep. And here, <laughs> here, First Peter, Jesus is both the cornerstone. And the capstone. I, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I, I looked really quickly at the, at the new revised standard version just to see what it says, because I know that that word doesn't occur in that version. And there it says the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner. So mm. that's, yeah. I mean, again, I always just, I think I always just thought of that as a cornerstone as a, you know, everything was built upon it but it's also yes it's the capstone too it's the one he's the, he's the one who holds everything in place yeah it's the last one and it's heavy yeah yeah it like sits on top so it's supposed yep. to hold everything from moving and and like so an image of that for me here at camp because it's spring and we get we're getting our swimming pool ready is is always that the ground is always moving so like like mm. uh, in the winter time, different things happen underground. And so w- when you start walking around in the spring, you have rocks where there wasn't a rock last year or a, a mm. bump of ground or, you know, and, and, and part of our swimming pool is that we always worry about is there's a lot of water that flows down the side of the mountain in the ground, but we have this giant swimming pool that we have to hold water in. So it has, so it's weighted enough so that the swimming pool doesn't upheave like the rest of the ground does in places. And so, um, oh, so that we don't yeah. have a hole in the swimming pool, um, uh, you know, come spring kind of a thing. So we have to hold, keep all the water in it. And so you get all of this idea that the ground is kind of in this fluctuating state from freezing to thawing to freezing to thawing to, you know, and so it, like it doesn't, it moves in the summertime as too, but it, 
it seems that in the winter, like we haven't been outside. And so we're not, we're not as, it doesn't seem as noticeable to us, I think in some ways. Right. Uh, but the, the, but the ground is kind of living in that way, which is interesting in this stuff too, because it talks about living stones and we don't think of stones right. as living. Um, but that's yes. kind of an interesting piece too yes. in this passage. But this idea of you need a capstone pressing down on all of the rocks beneath it so that they don't shift and move um, in the, in whatever you've built or created. So um, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's an interesting, there's a yeah, bunch of images here for me. Uh, I, I thought my mind went the same place in, in that thinking about those living stones and how they are. Mm. Yeah. They're, they're malleable. They're moving. They might hold one place for a little bit and then another place for another time. Uh, but now this image of the capstone and Jesus as the capstone holding everything in place um, still makes me think of it like a dynamic kind of living temple, you know, not something that's static, not a static yeah. building, but something that's, that is, that is alive, that is, has some kind of movement is, is breathing, however you want to say it. Um <clears throat> but it but it's all it's held in place you know there's like it still is it's sturdy it's not though it moves well well i guess like i guess i kind of think of it makes me think of um you know when architects build engineers and architects build bridges or skyscrapers like they they make it so that the the structure can account for the expansion and contraction that occurs naturally yeah and and how you know like suspension suspension bridges especially when they're in you know like in bays or something where there where there could be heavy winds that they're they're built to sway a certain amount so that they don't just break apart whenever the wind hits them uh and that's kind of the that's that's a little bit how i imagine this living house this living temple being as well that it that it might morph just a little bit to respond to, you know, the, the changes and chances of life to quote a prayer from our tradition. Um, but, but, but the purpose of it, the purpose of the body of the, of the living temple remains the same. Yeah. To, well, to be and, the people. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I love that idea of a living building, um, both as you articulated here and, and as the, uh, translation kind of lays it out for us you know that that there is movement that's needed in the building like most of our buildings yes we they they are built so that they can withstand earthquakes and in, in certain places because earthquakes are more prevalent in more areas certain areas than other yeah. areas but yeah. um but you don't think about a a, a house breathing but if you spend any time with somebody who is in construction, they tell you, well, absolutely it does. You know, that's a part of them thinking about the design of the house and the building. And I've learned that as a camp director that our buildings breathe and we need them to breathe um, mm-hmm. because you've got people who are inside them using water and using and breathing themselves. And, and so creating heat and condensation and stuff. And so your building needs to be able to breathe a little bit. Um, in certain places so that it can release that moisture. Otherwise your house will have mold everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Right. So, right. Um, uh, and so being able to think, Oh, excuse me. You know, what does that look like? And, and um, in a building, in, in that idea of, the, of a building being living and moving and breathing, we have to, uh, make certain plans for that to happen. And here, this idea that the temple, that we are the living stones that are being formed into um, that. I, I like the image of it because it talks about the, you know, almost the, the flexible and adaptable pieces mm-hmm. of being the people of the church, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I think is, is, is an extraordinary image. It means, means the church is going to change. Um, just by the very nature that it is mm-hmm. um, being made up of yeah. living beings. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Hmm. So any other thoughts? Yeah. I don't think I answered the question yet necessarily. Okay. Um, well, you said that you like the Living Stones. I thought that was your. Answer. I do. I yeah. No, but that was kind oh. of in response to you. I oh, okay. um, I just I was struck by the word chosen, and I don't think I actually have a lot to say on it. But that there um that the two words chosen valuable the way that they're written in this reading they occur twice in that way, um and as I was reading it out loud, I didn't catch it when I read it just to myself previously, but when I was reading it out loud, I noticed the repetition of those two words. And then they both, when, when it says in verse four, from God's perspective, it, it, the living stone, the cornerstone, it is chosen valuable. And then in in verse six, look, I am laying a cornerstone in Zion chosen valuable. Um, And then when you go down to verse nine, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Um, so yeah, I, uh, there's, there's this, just this sense of chosenness that, you know, God, God has chosen Jesus, uh, to accomplish this work, uh, accomplish this life, um, give this life, uh, trying to get away from work language as I get older. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and then, and then we are chosen as well. And I like the way that this, that the CEB goes forward from that chosen race, Royal priesthood, a holy nation. Um, the second half of verse nine, you have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. I think it makes it really clear what our purpose is uh, in this, in this translation. And um, it's a purpose that the, the language resonates with me. That This is, this is why we're set apart to, Hmm. to speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called us into his amazing light. Yeah. This is what we're chosen for. Jesus was chosen to, um, to you know, to be fully obedient and and reveal reveal that life of total obedience and uh, you know, uh, mysteriously speaking, both obedience and freedom. And um, and and now we're chosen. We're chosen to speak of the wonderful acts that that we've seen in God. Yeah. 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 Good. All right. I guess we're ready to look at this a third time or second time. Yep. You really want to get to the third question, don't you? I do. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) I'll be honest. The image of a baby holding a bottle is still the thing that's sitting in front of my face. Like I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Interesting here. All right. So, uh, first Peter, Uh, Chapter 2. Instead, like a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word. Nourished by it, you will grow into salvation, since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, you are coming to him as to a living stone. Even though this stone was rejected by humans, from God's perspective, it is chosen valuable. You yourselves have been, you yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. You are made, you are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Thus, it is written in scripture, look, I am laying a cornerstone in Zion, chosen, valuable, the person who believes in him will never be ashamed. So, God honors you who believe. For those who refuse to believe, though, the stone the builders tossed aside has become the capstone. This is a stone that makes people stumble and a rock that makes them fall. 
because they refuse to believe in the word, they stumble. Indeed, this is the end to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. You have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. Once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Kevin, toward what is God calling you in this text? I keep hearing references to the whole the whole body. Um chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation. Uh this again, this is not I think I said this on an episode not too long ago that salvation is not an individualistic thing. And that we we are living stones that are being built into a spiritual temple. And so there is value in not just value there's it helps us to fulfill our purpose if we are paying attention to the other living stones around us um and and not not trying to crowd them out of place in the work that we're doing or in the in the life in Jesus that we're living um but encourage them to take their space in that in the spiritual temple as well uh so that together we can do in a, in a faithful way, uh, what God has called us to do. Hmm. Yeah. I like, um, as you were, as you were talking, I went back and looked at some of the, those phrases and verses and you're right. It really does have a feeling of, of, of God pulling us together yeah it in, does to in, me in yeah. this building yeah it does mm-hmm. um you know that verse five again you yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple not that you are the spiritual temple but you're being built into something that you mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. You, again um mm-hmm. part of that that scriptural piece of you of of um You know, here we get you yourselves are being built into living. Yeah, it's just, I, I, it's that's a powerful picture for us of, um, of what God is doing by pulling us together, and very, and we've talked about this before in the podcast, very different than our culture today, yeah. which yeah. is much more individualistic, much more right. just about right. me and my want and. And even though as God's people, we live in our world today, we're in, and told about our selfish sinfulness. It's, it's hard not to be caught up in um, my wants and needs, but very much here in this passage, there is a feeling of, of God building uh, and it's God building for sure. God building up with through us with us using us as the as the stones and and bricks to build the buildings to build the spiritual temple that others may come to see and believe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you uh you said something there i have to mm, i have to think back on it for a second came into my head and then it left right again as i heard you saying other things um no, oh, I'm not sure exactly what I was what I was going to focus on, but I but I do think, yeah, I I I'm glad you articulated. There is a sense of me that we're being for me in this reading that we're being drawn together, and yeah. and that language that you point out in verse five, you you yourselves are being built, um, and the second half, you are being made into a holy priesthood. Uh, this this is this is a. This is a movement. This is action that is that is ongoing. This is something that is, um, yeah, something that's in process. 
Um, but it's all all of this stuff in verse nine. You know, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Um, you know, it's not you're a bunch of righteous individuals. <laughs> it's it's your one your one body that you've been made into doing this work together. Um, oh, I remember. It just came back to me now. What you said? You said yeah. You said something about um, we're not just we're not just people with our own wants and needs. Um, and the, the thing that came into my head or our own self-righteousness. Yeah. That's the other thing too. That's, I think that's what I, what was in my head originally when I answered this question that it's, you know, you, you, we can try to be, any individual can try to be the most righteous person, the most faithful follower of Jesus. And if we do that, we end up crowding out other people who also have who are chosen and valuable in the, in this, in the body of Christ. So, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking about. What, what about you, Nathan? What, toward what is God calling you in this text? Um, I think my answer is now nuanced by our, our conversation a little bit, but the idea is still the same. Um, that as God is building us, uh, the, the, the thought that I had in my head was that we become, um, we become the megaphone of Christ, um, in many ways. Um, but that would be not, maybe not so much a megaphone, the, the, the part of our conversation that kind of makes me think about that is God is building us to be what. God's people today need to see Christ, to hear Christ. Um, and so we have this image that, that we're called out of darkness into God's amazing light down in nine. And um, up above that, we get this, um, this idea that we are this holy people um, and we're owned by God, which is interesting to me. Um, because I'm sure we all think of ourselves as own, that we own ourselves um, in many ways, shape or form. But, um, you know, is that is that um, where it says uh, we have become God's own possession? Yeah. 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 I have thoughts on that, too. But continue. What, continue yeah. What so so this <laughs> idea that 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 God, because we are a part of creation, this is something that we talk about at camp a lot as Earth. As, as our earth keeping or caretaking of the earth kind of stuff that we're a part of creation. And so even though um, um, it comes down to how dominion, how, how do we live in dominion with dominion and, and that mm. God's way is not to dominate, but to, to care for, to be compassionate, to be empathetic with. Um, and so here we get this idea that uh, as God's own possession, um, we are the uh, holy people that are God's own possession, but that we are called to speak of the wonderful acts of the one who has called us out of darkness. And so, so not only are we to called into the light, and so therefore we are a part of the light, we are also to be speaking. So both visually and in our language, God is building us to, mm. um, to communicate um, God's intentions with the world. and 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 there's a mark on us that we are a part of what God is doing, you know, so that we're a part of God's possession. So there's, oh, there's, there's God lays has claim over us, but we are also being built so that others might come and see or come and hear about, about who God is um, and what God is doing and that God is calling them also to be God's people. And so mm. I, I use that image of a megaphone, but to me, it's very much nuanced by that idea of what you and I were talking about, that, that God is, is forming us into whatever um, the spiritual temple needs to be to meet people where they're at today. And so, mm -hmm. you know, 2000 years ago or a couple, you know, a couple uh, decades after Jesus, Peter, for, for the author of first Peter here, um, the temple still had a significant place for us. 
the the idea of a temple doesn't mean the same thing for us uh, as it would have to people walking around in you know in, in 70 80 90 100 um ce but that god is still building something that does have meaning for people today i don't know what that would be exactly but like again you and i are playing in this this uh, new medium of a podcast, you know, um, you know, uh, a couple decades ago, it was radio shows. And after radio mm-hmm. shows, it became TV shows. You know, mm-hmm. how is the church being made into, I'm not saying that all of those things were necessarily gods, <laughs> I'm not, not putting that label, on, but, but how is God constantly finding ways to craft the image or to communicate to the world? Um, who God is, but also that we are God's people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing that you had me reflecting on in uh, in that language of possession is, I, I guess I, I, I mean, absolutely, your your interpretation of it makes sense. But I also I heard echoes of what I was thinking about the more you talked. And that is, I when I first, I don't know, when I read that, I think of like, well, I don't want to go as far as like, you know, we talk about like demonic possession, um, that, that perhaps God might possess us in that way as well, mm. uh, you know, be within us. But, uh, but honestly, the way that I was more thinking of it is I was thinking of a possession as like, a, and you say, you use the word claim at one point. In, in what you in your reflection and mm-hmm. I think of it almost as a land claim that you know you you reside on your possession on the land that you possess um and so <laughs> there's a sense there to me that not that not that God although I do I, I mean I appreciate and and agree with and like your interpretation of of faithful dominion so to speak not being domination, but being compassion and, and faithful use. So, so I, I don't have a problem with the idea that God owns us or has dominion over us. Um, but also I think of, I think of if we are God's own possession, then we are the God inhabits us. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it even, I think it even, uh, it's even intensified that image when we are reading here about a spiritual temple, the whole point of the temple is that it was the place on earth where God resided. Right. And, and so here we are living stones being built into a spiritual temple and we are what or whom God inhabits here on earth. Um, and, and then just to hear you, you know, hear your reflection on, you know, different, different media of communication and, and not that, you know, not that it was all of God, but I think about God is constantly attempting and successfully attempting, I would say, to inhabit the world in whatever ways the world understands. And so God, God can speak through a radio show. God can speak through a television show. God can speak through, you know, a a song. God can speak through a podcast. Um, this is all, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's all ways. There's, there's no one way that perfectly reflects who God is, no one medium, but God can use any medium in order to inhabit the world in a new way. Uh, And and I, I just like that. I like that image of habitation um, that God inhabits us and that God um, that that's who we are as God's own possession. We are the, we, we are the land, the race, the priesthood, the nation that God inhabits. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and that does, I agree with you. That has a much richer, um, interpretation, which I wouldn't argue against in any way, shape or form. It actually enhances where I was, where I was at. So I would, yeah, absolutely. I think I well, like that image of, of God coming and taking up habitation in us. And thereby, again, doing all of the other pieces that I was kind of talking about. So, no, I like that. But, but I also, I, but I do appreciate your, 
I mean, that was where that was the word that came to my mind. But but I do appreciate your you know, we always talk about people being good stewards of the earth. We've been given creation. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, we, and we have, quote unquote, dominion over it. Um, and and what that means for us, faithfully speaking, is that we treat it with compassion, not with domination. Right. I, I like the image that you bring forth that we are belonging to God. God also utilizes us faithfully, stewards us faithfully. Absolutely. Yeah. In the in the gifts we've been given in order to proclaim the the goodness of God. I mean, we you know, we're the um <laughs> and maybe we've said this in a previous podcast or I I feel like this is this has been ringing in my head. Our one of our colleagues who recently moved away, uh the Reverend Klimke you know, he said at one point that God, God has chosen the, the worst PR plan in the history of the world. Uh, you know, human <laughs> beings are God's public relations plan. Uh, um, but also, uh, I think though we are imper- an imperfect public relations plan, God knows how to utilize us faithfully yeah. and compassionately to accomplish, to, to fulfill what God has set forth in the world that is good and merciful. Yeah. yeah. And that God is always going to be faithful in that. God is always going to be, even when we are not, right. God is going to be faithful in that. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Well, that was, there was a lot of, I feel like we've somehow contributed to the great volume of religious imagery and uh, <laughs> spiritual templeness. I, yeah, no, I mean, I think I, I, you know, I'm one of those people that I can like sit in a good image for a long time. And I just really, the last 10 or 15 minutes of our conversation, I've really enjoyed it. So. Huh. That's all. That's all. Well, good. Well, I want to get this image of a baby uh, <laughs> a milk bottle out of my yeah, head. So let's, let's do, do it a third time so I can. Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So a third time from first Peter, the second chapter. Instead, like a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word. Nourished by it, you will grow into salvation, since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now you are coming to him as, a, as to a living stone. Even though this stone was rejected by humans, from God's perspective, it is chosen, valuable. You yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. You are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Thus, it is written in scripture, Look, I am laying a cornerstone in Zion, chosen, valuable. The person who believes in him will never be shamed. So God honors you who believe. For those who refuse to believe, though, the stone the builders tossed aside has become the capstone. This is a stone that makes people stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Because they refuse to believe in the word, they stumble. Indeed, this is the end to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. You have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. Once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you hadn't received mercy but now you have received mercy. So Nathan, let's get at it. How are you growing into <laughs> salvation? I am uh, I'm drinking milk, man. I'm drinking milk. <laughs> drinking milk. Uh. Um, so the, the image that is just stuck on me, and, and I wanted to talk about it two questions ago, is that, that and 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 it is even richer now with the conversation we just had about question number two that God is living in us, but this idea that we are simply nurtured. Um, sometimes I th- I think growing up this idea of being delivered from sin, um, and and Christ does that action, but like sin was still mine to wrestle with and deal with. And try not to do it anymore. Uh, you know, growing up as a kid, mm. sin was this idea that I was mm. to 
to um, to try and not do that I was in some ways to deliver myself from sin by simply not doing it. That if I am good enough, I won't be bad. And here, the image that is so striking is a newborn baby with a bottle of milk is being nourished in salvation. Like think about a baby with a bottle of milk. They're not anything. They're just eating. They're like, I was hungry. Somebody put this bottle here. I'm sucking on it and I'm filling up my tummy. And, and we know that babies, you know, they get all of their nourishment, they grow and they become who they are. And so this idea that the word of God, simply by you and I drinking the word of God in that piece of, of, um, and, and God has taken care of the deliverance from sin for us. But the word is also nurturing us just to grow up in ourselves. And I think, you know, you and I've talked about this before, but, and it, and it continues to be true for me now, you know, four or five months into doing a bunch of supply preaching, being engaged like this weekly with you in conversation around God's word does nurture me. It does nourish oh. me for, for life and for the things that I'm confronted with every single day, which makes it even more important in my head. And it's part of the reason why I think we're doing some of the work that we're doing right now in the Synod is, is that we want everybody to have this experience of the yeah. word. Like if we're yeah. all, if we're all immersed in this way, again, it, what we're doing isn't rocket science. The, this, you know, 42 minutes isn't, hasn't been you and I talking about things that, that aren't just us reflecting on the scripture that's in front of us. Um, but it, but it, it feeds us and nourishes us in ways that, that, that I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not like worried Monday through Sunday okay, I have to do only good things so that I'm a good person and I'm not sinful Yeah, because God's word has nourished me in ways yeah. that tells yeah. me that that's not necessary. Christ has already done what needed to be done on that level. What needs to happen now is that I need to be a yeah. part of this. I need to be a living stone. I need to be a part of this spiritual thing that God is building in the world. And the only way that I can be fed by that is this idea of this pure milk of the word. Um, and so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's what, that's what has me wrapped up in, um, in this passage that, that boy just, and, and our conversation just off of that second question about that idea that God lives in us, inhabiting in us as these living stones just builds off of that even more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, really appreciate that reflection. Um, I think I was, I was already reflecting a little bit that, you know, a a baby, a newborn baby desires pure milk because that's what gives the baby nourishment. Um, and you know, as, as, as the child grows and has other things, there are other things that become attractive that don't necessarily provide nourishment, um, you know, sugar. Uh, <laughs> but but there's this sense of I, I think what I what I appreciated about your reflection is that there's a sense that this is almost a passive thing. Um, yeah, not not passive as though our agency or our importance is taken away, but that God is constantly doing this for us. And and um, and notice that. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, this, this passage does not start out, drink the pure milk of the word. It <laughs> says, desire it, yeah, desire it. it. And I think the understanding is there it's, it will be given to you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I, I, I can relate to your experience of, Um, you know, I remember as a kid kind of bargaining with God, you know, things like that. Like, you know, if I, (laughs) will you do this for me if I promise not to do this anymore? Or, you know, 
things like that. Um, and I, yes, I, how, I, I don't know exactly how you said it, but it got me thinking that um, I, I don't, I don't worry about how I sin anymore. And it's not because it's not because I don't care whether I sin or not, but it is because um, focusing. How do I want to say this? Focusing more on the good news of salvation and forgiveness leads me to a place where sin does not have control over me Hmm. and away from a place where I feel like I have to have control over sin. And if I feel like I have to have control over sin, the reality is sin has control over me. Absolutely. So, so I can either try to not sin by having control over sin and letting, um, letting sin have control over me uh, you know that's that's the undesirable result but it's the more realistic one or i can let grace have control over me and sin becomes less of a problem if a problem at all hmm. i guess that that's a that's a that's a that's a fancy uh you know reflective way to say when i'm focused on the on the marvelous acts of the one who saved me, I, 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 I live more righteously. And it's not because I'm trying to live more righteously. It's because I am drawn into the righteousness of God, the faithfulness of God. Hmm. If I, if I put myself, if I desire to, to abide in a state of love, knowing that I am loved, I will become more loving to others. And I think, and, and so now, now you really have me thinking, Nathan, uh, (laughs) verse, verse 10, which also is, and it's hard for me to articulate, but it's always been one of my favorite verses, um, that talks about the transformation that God does for humanity. Um, but also I think I think is a good bookend to that first verse that we read that this is almost a passive thing. Once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And and in my mind, having received mercy, you are more merciful. You are merciful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it um uh, maybe, maybe I, I don't, I, I, I struggle with whether passive is the right word, but because I just want to, I want because to be it's focused God's on doing this it. Is, it's this God is God's doing, doing right. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. why this is feels passive. Right. right. Yeah. But passive, maybe, maybe simply transformative is a better word. Hmm. Yeah. We, we receive it and God changes us. God renews us. God, yeah. you know, we, we it's are, a gift. We, it's been gifted to us. It's it something that it does change our right. state, but right. it's not something that we've right. done to ourselves. Right, right. The last, the last sentence does not say once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have finally earned it. Right. It's once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Yeah. Because because of the because of the chosen and valuable cornerstone and capstone yeah. that God has brought into the world. Yeah. Yeah. This is God's transformation. You are being transformed. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, right. I feel like I feel like we're paraphrasing all kinds of all kinds of Bible verses from from Paul's letters and from the other <laughs> letters of the New Testament because it's all the same it, uh, it's not all the same theme, but that theme is recurring that this is sure. this is God's transformation. This is what God is doing in you. But but I think it's it, what you were saying about um, that in receiving mercy, we're able to be more merciful. In yes. being loved, we're able to be more loving. Yeah. I think this is exactly where the church is headed, where God is bringing the church to. And well, that I, we as God's people, as, we're, as we can live into being compassion as we uh, allowing God to be compassionate with us, allowing God to have mercy on us, 
allowing God to love, uh, not allowing God to love us, but to uh, that, that, that we're open to that, those gifts. And by experiencing those gifts, then it changes the way we are. We're not trying to control people with love or mercy or compassion. We are simply allowing them to experience it, what we've already received. And so now it's our hands and our feet and our voices that become compassion, love, mercy. And so um, it's, to me, this is an image of what God is painting for the future of the church. If we can get there, if we can and and um, get rid of, not get rid of, um, set aside our need to control it to our own, uh, that, that I have the power, I have the control, that uh, part of self-righteousness, um, that I myself am going to live in right relationship with God but just simply trust that God has put us in right, right relationship and us uh, living into what it means to be community that God is making out of these living stones. Boy, that it changes who we are and it makes it, uh, it makes it so that others, as they come and experience these um, spiritual temples that we are formed into, it makes it so that they too come and to feel that and can, and, and it no longer becomes about, I have to live, I have to do the good things. I have to do the right things. I have to do the, it, we're freed from all of that to, to simply be and be loving so that others can feel loved. Yeah. It's, to yeah. me there, there it's, it's, it's a, it's a small nuance. It's a small thing, but boy, if oh. we can figure out how to do it, I think it changes community for us. Oh, it it is not it is not small at all. You and I are on the same page with, and I don't think that we've talked about it in this way before. But I but I agree. We we have talked about. I know that I have talked about choosing um, choosing love instead of condemnation is a much harder thing to do. Yeah, and um, and that you know we 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 in in our tradition um, kind of face the critique sometimes that. Oh well, if God forgives everybody, then you know who cares what anybody does. Well, no, it's it's we're we're bringing an awareness, seeking to bring an awareness of God's unfathomable forgiveness for us, so that we are transformed by that. You cannot guilt someone into being a better lover. You can love someone into being a better lover. I I mean I, I I don't know how to you know I don't have like a I don't have like a a footnote to a scientific journal <laughs> to to prove that <laughs> statement. But in my heart yeah, of hearts, don't go, I don't go it. check in the footnote so we don't have a yeah, we don't have yeah we don't yeah, we don't have the footnotes, footnotes for this one. Um, but honestly, you know, I think about oh. You know, I, I think about people I know who have just they've been they've been guilted by the church and it has just backfired. It has made them with all of their gifts become completely disinterested in the church. Because I think that, you know, when when you're when you spend all your time, when we let me let me be honest here, when we spend all our time as the church trying to guilt people into things and telling them how important love is, but not being very loving toward them. They read between the lines. They see the BS because they're not dumb. And, and, and maybe, you know, maybe people who try to guilt people into loving better really just haven't seen the BS yet. (laughs) Because, Mm. you know, they themselves have been guilted into, you know, into being uh good church goers or or you know or self-righteous people whatever it might be i really think though i i don't know i hope we are long past the days and and i always say email us right uh, uh gosh i hate i almost hesitate to say that if you disagree with me fine i hope we're long past the day though of you need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Yeah. And that and that we as the church simply 
live with other people reflecting what we know to be true, that Jesus is their Savior as much as he is our Savior, and that through our life with them, they will come to know that. Yeah. You know, what What does it say here? Um, you have become this people. It doesn't say so that you may tell people how out of line they are when they're not acting like you. <laughs> You know, you, you haven't, you haven't become this people so that you can adopt this holier than thou attitude and make other people feel like crap and tell them to shape up or ship out. You have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. And and if we're, and if we're employing any other kind of evangelism, then I just don't know if we're doing it the right way. I don't think we are. Right. I, I think I think our I think our evangelism is exactly what evangelism means. It's good news spreading. It's good news telling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I I I grow into salvation because I recognize that God in Christ has given me salvation. Has, fr- has freed me from the bonds of sin and death to live a new life. And it's not, and, you know, I um, I said in a sermon a few weeks ago, we ourselves do not have to wait for the confines of our own personal grave to live into that new life now. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, so you, I guess that's... Is, is that is that part of your answer? Is that all of your no, answer? No, for gonna, the third just, you, got, was, you still have your own answer to answer, right? I was just, just reflecting say, on my reflection. I was just going to say, I will let that suffice for my answer to the third <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> but uh, but I appreciate the discussion. I mean, I think I don't I know what too. I was... Yeah. I don't know what I was going to say exactly, um, except that it was, it was in, in that vein somewhere. And I just, I, yeah, what, what you said really <laughs> had me, had me thinking. So there it is. That's my answer to the third question. <laughs> well, uh, if you are looking for some additional texts to continue, um, uh, to reflect upon acts seven verses 55 to 60, this is, uh, Stephen, the story of Stephen, the first martyr of the early church, um, and his story. Well, it's not his whole story. It's uh, five verses of that story, um, but the introduction there of Stephen. And then um, Psalm 31, verses 1 through 5, and 15 and 16. Into your hand I commit my spirit. Uh, stuff that we, language that we heard in some of our gospel readings around Holy Week, especially uh, Good Friday and the um, and Christ's uh, death on the cross. And then uh, John 14, 1 through 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, again, reminding us that it is, uh, it is Jesus. Um, it is through God's action of Christ that... Um, that salvation is ours, the gift of life. Eternal. It's another another reading where my good old pal Ta- Thomas shows up. Yeah, <laughs> Lord, Lord, if we don't know where you're going, how can we know the way? <laughs> good old Thomas, always asking questions, always demanding proof, always wanting Al- proof, always always saying, "Hey, let's go die with him." <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Anyway. So, well, uh, Kevin, I thank you for your thoughtful reflections. As always, they are a gift to me and to, um, um, and they help to nourish me with God's word as I, um, as I live my week out. Uh, and we thank you all um, who are listening, and we hope that you have an opportunity to share your reflections uh, with those who are close to you. But again, you can always share them with us, as Kevin said, either on social media or via email um, at uh, 
and I just blanked on our email address, Kevin. I think uh, it's in it's in the closing. So it's in the, yeah. it is in the closing. Listen, so. listen for one more minute after this, and you'll hear yeah, it again. It'll tell you. It'll tell you how to get a hold of us. Um, so until next time, we hope to tend our face with you again soon. Grace to you. And peace. Thank you for listening to Tend, a Bible podcast, a project of the Allegheny Synod ELCA and Sequinota Conference Center and Camp. If you like the podcast, please review and follow the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Tend Bible Podcast or you can email us at tend.biblepodcast at gmail.com.